Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 557 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, uh, we'll be finding out about the brand new homeless hub in the city of Wolverhampton. All the work that's been done there between the Good Shepherd Ministries and, of course, Enterprise Homes. That's on the way. We'll be chatting with Dr Hayes about the latest incarnation of Circus of Horrors, which is in our area very soon. Local poet Michael Hill will be telling us about his published work. And also we'll be having a chat with Dr Hilary Jones about the campaign by TK Maxx to make sure that there's great stock moving through the cancer research shops to enable them to do their work. But first of all, Joseph and his amazing technical dream coat finishes its national tour here at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre, running through until Saturday the 29th of February. Mark McMullen is the aforementioned Joseph and with me now. Hello. Pleasure to meet you. Well, good to meet you too. And uh, you're looking resplendent in one of the many costumes you get in the show. This is, yes. is a, It's a quick change job for you, this one, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's, it's quick. It's not too bad. I think, <laughs> I think I'm lucky that there's, other than this coat... There's probably very little clothes to be worn in a lot of my other costumes, so as much as it's quick, it's 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 easy. It's a little warmer, but uh, yeah, under yes. the stage lights, you yes. cope. Yeah, well, definitely. I start the show off very cold, <laughs> and by the end of the show, I'm quite I'm quite warmed up. As, as, as Joseph's lot moves around in, in the show, I mean, you must have seen this as a kid, so you you must have been really looking forward to playing this part. Yeah, well, I think I remember seeing it when I was really young, and I remember come, when I was asked to come into the role, I kind of couldn't really remember the story mm-hmm. I kind of knew bits of it but didn't know all of it and I remember coming to see the show before I started it and it's just madness you know, it's, <laughs> but it's just great fun you know mm-hmm. I came and I couldn't believe what I was seeing and I think whenever when I got that chance to come and see the previous cast I thought yeah, I want to do this. I want to try this. But it's a show that's much love. People come back and see it time and time again. On a tour, yeah. you have probably found there are people travelling around locations not only because of you and your BGT status, but because yeah. I love the show as well. Yeah, no, of course. It, it's it's amazing the following that this show has, yeah. it just, in, just in terms of the kind of the name and the brand of Joseph. You know, we've met so many people across the country who it's not uncommon for us to come out the stage door and they're like, oh, this is my 50th time seeing Joseph <laughs> or this is my 60th. And you're just like, people are dedicated. Like people yeah. really love the show. And I think it's been amazing to be a part of that. It's been amazing to be part of that bubble that everybody is so fascinated by and everybody seems to love. So, yeah. yeah and it reaches so many parts of the community, whether you read the story in the Quran, the Bible, wherever, yeah. just read, just heard the songs. You know, it is a tale which has been around for centuries. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that even if you don't haven't seen the show, everybody in some shape or form knows the story mm-hmm. or knows something relating to the story. So I think it's, it's a great show that people can come to and just relate to mm-hmm. in a sense. And it brings back memories of maybe stuff they learned in school as kids or maybe they were in the choir as kids and it's just amazing to see how it spans generations and how it kind of intertwines everything together. Well, when Joseph goes on a journey in the story itself, yeah. you've had quite a phenomenal journey over, what, the last 12, 18 months or so? Yeah, it's, it was a year this week from my audition for Britain's Got Talent and I never in my wildest dreams so you, you hadn't had a dream and you didn't need someone to interpret that one no I that's a shame because it would have been nice if you not, had unfortunately not but I think again it's it's just what I never imagined I would do this as my job you know I mm-hmm. think I, I've always had such a passion for musical theatre and gave that up when my brother took sick to help mm-hmm. care for him and just kind of thought it would never happen and I'd accepted that it would, would never happen and then all of this just came out of the blues so now 12 months on We've done BTT, we've done a few things since, and now I'm here finishing my first professional tour. And uh, it's, it's just madness. It's just the start, though, isn't it? This is the thing. Are we yes. 24 now, is it? 24, yeah. yes. So this has shown me what I want to do, mm-hmm. and I really have got the bug. Now. Yeah. I think I just I just want to push myself and see what I'm capable of now, and mm-hmm. see yeah, I, all the people that have supported me and voted for me along the way on the show and in this show. I just want to do them proud and prove them right and show that I can do this and that is my goal after this you know I've, I've a couple of things lined up and I just want to see how far I can pursue this and mm-hmm. how far I can push myself really well tell us a bit about the rest of the cast as well because you're working with some great people too yeah I must say I've been very lucky to get 
the cast that I've got. You know, I think it's not a, not a big cast in the sense that there's 17 or 18 of us and they are just the loveliest people I think mm-hmm. I, I could have wished to work with. You know, mm-hmm. I think I've made friends who I think I'll have friends for life with people in this cast and it's just so special that our job as well as us being actors and performers with a show like Joseph we get to go on stage and have fun together mm-hmm. and it's that bubbly side of people that you get to see and interact with that really just makes the show amazing and I think I've been very proud to be a part of this cast and very lucky to be friends with so many of them and although we're coming to the end of the tour I would like to think that a lot of us will cross paths in future shows and well, you know, fingers crossed and uh, when it comes to you know, these songs and the performing here yeah. you know, what is it you're going to take away from you? which song is going to stay in your head I think the song that will stay in my head is Any Dream Will Do yeah. I think you know I, I have a few songs throughout the show that I love to pieces but Any Dream Will Do is that song that just when I go home every evening and I try and get to sleep it is there mm-hmm. so whenever you're in a taxi they know it's you, taxi, yeah, you're humming along. I'm whistling and stuff. And it's, <laughs> even when you don't realise you do it now, it's, it's like muscle memory now. I think it's, <laughs> it's quite strange, but I've loved every minute of it. I've been so humbled to be a part of this tour and you know to be given the opportunity to take on such an iconic role and hopefully put my own spin on it. I think it, people that have come to see the show have said to me that I've brought something different to the role. Mm-hmm. I hope that that's true. That was what I was aiming for. And... Uh, you know, I just hope that when the show comes back in the future, it'll keep going with every success that it has been in the past. And yeah, I'm just proud to be a part of it. Well, yeah, many Josephs have graced the stage of the Grand, yeah. and each one of them does bring their own little bit to the show. I'm sure we're going to see that from you. The show runs right the way through until Saturday, the 29th of February. Mark McMullen is your Joseph. 01902 429212 is the box office number. Grandtheatre.co.uk to get your tickets. Check it all out. But Mark, have a fantastic time. Enjoy the outfits yes. and uh, yeah, break a leg. Have a brilliant time on stage. Thank you very much. Time to take some music now. First of all, let's hear a fantastic track from the wonderful Ryan Evans. This is 21 Candles. Seek the light. Through the smoke Boy had a dream Black sky broke Under tile scenes of glory Let the light shine under the stars In the golden years before me Just roll on, roll on Let the sun shed light around the clouds Light around the clouds Light me up again Light me up again From the streets that you came You walk the pathway where legends are made For the beautiful game You were black country born The flowers are much just to light up the world Twenty-one candles still burn In the crowd Feet, power to your feet. Let the crowd be power to your feet. Power to your feet. Light me up again. Light me up again.
Light me up again. Light me up again. Light me up again. Light me up again. Light me up again. Light me up again. Light me up again. Light me up again. Ryan Evans and 21 Candles. More from him a bit later on. TK Maxx is turning pre-loved clothes into life-saving funds for cancer research. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Dr. Hilary Jones. Hello. Hello, Jason. So uh, what's going on then? Because this sounds like a, a great way of recycling things, helping to avoid fast fashion becoming a problem and raising some great money at the same time. Absolutely. So the campaign is called Give Up Clothes for Good. Uh, and it's about donating a bag of your pre-loved quality clothes that are hanging around in your wardrobe uh, and, uh, and the accessories that you're not using and taking them down to your local TK Maxx store uh, where there'll be a donation uh, site uh, to, uh, to give them up to and then they'll be forwarded to Cancer Research UK shops and outlets where they'll be sold to raise funds for research into children and young people's cancers. So I think it's a great, um, it's a great campaign. It's lasting uh, all year long. People can go along at any time of the uh, year. Uh, and since 2004, TK Maxx have raised uh, over £34 million with these campaigns and, uh, and broader fundraising initiatives uh, for this purpose. So I think it's a great cause, and I'm, I'm pleased to be uh, able to publicize it. Yeah, I mean, you can raise up to 25 quid with one bag of clothes. So uh, That's it, right. yeah. it, it could be that uh, you can make a, a massive difference to the work that is being done. And obviously, cancer affects so many families, so many lives. And uh, in particular, we think of the kids who, uh, who suffer from this sort of thing. So it is great to see TK Maxx doing this and, and working with someone like Cancer Research to, to actually make a, a massive difference. Absolutely. You're quite right that when a child is diagnosed with cancer, it has a massive impact on the family, not just siblings and parents, but the wider family too. And life is on hold for the duration of the treatment. Now, we're getting better results. There's no question we're getting better results, better survival rates and less complications of treatment. But, you know, we've got a way to go. We have about 4,500 children and young people diagnosed in the UK every year with a form of cancer. And this could be a, a leukemia, it could be a lymphoma, such as Hodgkin's lymphoma, it could be a brain tumour or, or soft tissue or bone uh, cancers. These all occur. Um, and as I say, about 500 uh, young people will lose their lives every year. Um, uh, out of Eight out of 10 uh, uh, children and young people with cancer will survive. Um, and, and have a, 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 a better outlook than they've ever had before. But we need funds to, to do the research to get better treatment. And that's never going to be cheap. So we need more researchers. We need uh, better medicines. We need better combinations of medicines. We need clinical trials. And all this takes uh, money and time. Um, but the funding that's raised is really, really valuable. So instead of chucking your clothes away, which are perfectly good, we need good quality clothes, um, rather than just disposing of them and filling landfill sites, why not bag them up, take them to TK Maxx, and uh, everybody can uh, benefit from this win-win situation. Yeah, I mean, this has been running now for, what, 16 years, and 1.6 million bags of clothing and household goods equating to saving more than 180,000 tonnes of carbon emissions have already been recycled in this way. It's, it's We get something new, and basically through this campaign, we know it's well worth going into a cancer research shop if we're looking for something a bit, uh, a bit of a change to the wardrobe. Absolutely. Apparently, it's very fashionable. Uh, we're in London Fashion Week, <laughs> I understand. It's very fashionable to go into these stores and, and, and buy something that is pre-loved. Uh, and why not? We do that with cars. We do that with all sorts of things, mm -hmm. and, you know, furniture. And, uh, and clothes can be actually, um, you, know, you know, if they're inexpensive and, and you like them, why wouldn't you? Absolutely. Have you been donating? Have, have you got some of your I have cus indeed. customary suits yeah. and ties? No, there'll be a very nice leather Armani jacket somewhere. Really? Okay, yeah. so that, that was one of yours that's out there. Well, so we, we never see you in this stuff. You're always dressed too smartly on telly. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, there's a, there's, there's a sort of professional etiquette. People expect doctors to wear certain things. Um, so I, I'd love to come in in my ripped jeans, but, you know, people might suspect that I don't know what I'm talking about then. It's one for the weekends only, that one. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> well, so where can we go to find out more and how do we donate? Okay, so there's two. Um, uh, yeah, we can donate by going to TK Maxx uh, with our bag of pre-loved clothes, or we can go directly to Cancer Research UK stores and outlets. Alternatively, you can find out more on the website, which is tkmax.com, or the other one is cancerresearchuk.org. So cancerresearchuk.org or tkmax.com. And you can uh, check out, get involved, recycle some clothes, but equally go and spend, go and buy some clothes from Cancer Research and uh, and get some funding going in that way. And, of course, TK Maxx, but uh, I'm sure they won't mind if you then send them off to Cancer Research after you've had your time looking cool in them and uh, done your bit to impress your friends with all your selfies. There you go. Uh, I'm sure your selfie game's quite strong as well, isn't it? <laughs> we'll expect Absolutely, that in the next yeah. leather jacket. Okay, we'll see you how that goes. So. Yeah, look out for that one. Okay. Dr. Hilary Jones, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jason. Pleasure. Now, last week, Ash Sheeran was in the studio and he did an acoustic version of his song, Let It Roll. Let's take a listen to the studio version now. Ashian here on the Milk Bar. Wolverhampton-based published poet Michael Hill is with me to tell me more about his work and share some of his poetry with me too. Hello, sir. Hello, yes. So uh, t- tell us a bit about you to start off with and how well, you came to poetry. Well, I got into poetry during when I, I suffered from depression some time ago. Mm-hmm. I wrote this short poem about Elvis Presley and I sent it on. It was called My Idol. I sent it on to a publishing company called Port Press Poetry. Mm-hmm. Never thought any more about it, and then they sent it, said they liked it, and, it, and that's where it started from. Mm-hmm. I've done courses in creative writing, a WEA, yep. and I performed 
that situation some time back with a fellow called Simon Fletcher. Mm-hmm. So it gives you an opportunity to tell part of a story of something that's going on with you, some ideas that you have, and you'd no like to idea, express that. This in... one came from a friend of mine who passed away, Sydney Fisher, back in 2014. Yeah. He collected all kinds of stuff from going back from we had newspapers in Queen Victoria at the time. Yeah. And old stuff, and I guess that's where the idea for this poem came in. Mm-hmm. And I will now read it, it's called Old Things. Rubber bands and bits of string, those odd things people keep. Old newspapers, cards, empty coffee jars, wine bottles, radios, TVs, and makeup players. Should be thrown away, but not today. That line actually came from a Telesurveillance tele- song. Yeah. They remind me of yesterday when I when the taste of wine upon my tongue taste it sweet like rain, like rain up in the sky keep those things for another day don't throw them in the bay beds without blankets floors without carpets as the whole world sleeps in the wee small hours of the morning I spend the night in a chair thinking of her, who left through the door. She's not coming back anymore. The snow beneath my feet crumbled like a crunchy bar. That those things I keep should be thrown away, but not today. In the desk drawer they stay, out of arms way. Mother sat in a rocking chair, rocking to and froing, with hair like snow. There, I stood upon the bay, wondering what to say. Don't throw those crazy things away. The darned things people say to each other today. The mat's box still on the shelf. The money you couldn't borrow. Bought you anything but sorrow. So you're using your, your words to explore uh, yeah, a friendship, the collections, yeah. and it, have you been able to share this sort of work with, with some, of your, some of your friends? Obviously, in this case, you weren't able to, but uh, is, it, is it something that you'd like to share with friends yeah. and family too? Yes, I would. I like, I like to share it with the public so that the world can see mm-hmm. that I am a poet. And yes, I do have a book coming out with Austin McCauley under my pen name, which is uh, Eugene Pike. Mm-hmm. I've used, the book is called The Crime Collection. It'll be out sometime during the end of this year. It's published by Austin Macaulay in London. Mm-hmm. I sent them a copy of collection last year. That's my ass, and I didn't tell you anything. I thought, nah, they're not going to bother with it. They sent me a letter saying they accepted it. Yeah. And now I've done the collection, and it's going to be out sometime. It's going to be available in W.H. Smith's, what the works, Waterstones, and I also have a book on Amazon called uh, The Shadow of Proof, which is also a crime story. Please mm-hmm. do go to Amazon.com and you can buy a copy of the book. Excellent. And how often do you write? I mean, is it something that you're doing all the time? When I collect my thoughts together, I decide to, in between breaks, I decide to write poetry mm-hmm. or a short story. At the moment, I'm working on a short story about a copy when, who came to the West Midlands, mm-hmm. he gets, gets suspended from his London job. But he hates women, treats women like children, he doesn't give a toss about the rules when he decides he wants to, he wants to go, he wants to, do, he doesn't like the, being in the West Midlands, he wants a London job. When he's trying everything, he fights, he bombards his bosses with phone calls. Yeah. And get, I guess I got that idea from something that happened to me previously yeah and, and i decided to use it as a way as a story mm-hmm. to make my but i am trying to become a writer and i want publishers out there to recognize me and my claim to flame is i wrote to colin dexter some time back mm-hmm. i wrote him an email and asked him how he can write four, 14 books and take me a couple of years to write one yeah and he wrote back and said well You've got to imagine you're the one solving the crime. Uh-huh. He said, writing a crime story is like putting a jigsaw puzzle together. Mm-hmm. You've got to try and get all the pieces. He said, you've got to work out who does what, who don't do what. Mm-hmm. 
is you've got to figure out what Bruce said, don't give away the secret. Don't give away the who did it, that, that where did work out who did it, mm-hmm. which I've done with that crime story that I sent in to Oxford Macaulay. They said, we like the way you've done the twist and turns. Yeah. You haven't told us in short stories who did what to who. Yeah, and it, it builds that up for your readers and it keeps them yeah. wanting more as well, doesn't it? You see, you know, you, you look, your readers are going to be wondering what's going on. Mm-hmm. Are, are you going to follow, follow up a sequel? Are you going to leave it to the cliffhanger? Yeah. I got the idea for that one, I watched Dallas. <laughs> so a few little bits there from the Ewing family and before you know it, you've got a novel. Yeah, well, I, what I do is I watch crime stories and I pick up ideas. My favourite authors are, four favourite authors are, actually uh, Arthur Collindorff, Sherlock Holmes, mm. yep. Wilf Rendell, Agatha Christie and Colin Dexter. So yeah, a, a good uh, set of inspiration to have there as well yeah, when it comes to the work that you do. Yeah. So, I mean, with, with all this, is it all under the same pen name? We were looking for the same thing. But it will be, yes. Mm-hmm. That, that The book is actually, all the four short stories are actually based on... There's one about a chap called Benny Holland, who's a private detective who can't get a case, until this woman decides one day, she turns up, this strange woman turns up at his office, wants him, to, wants him to find her son, but halfway through the story, he finds out he's the father. Oh, right. Well, I don't say anymore. If anybody else wants to know, they'll go buy the book. So remind us of all the details on where we can find out more about your work. Are you well, online? Yeah. yeah. They can go to allpoetry.com and they'll find it under Michael Thomas Ace. So Michael Thomas H on there. and uh, it's, also, it's also on Facebook. Yeah. The books are on Facebook. I'm on um, lulu.com. Or Amazon.com, and I go to Amazon.com, that can find my books, copy my first crime story on there. Yeah, and that's under Michael Hill? Yeah, it's under my own name, yes. And then you're the other name that you're using for the one that comes out later this year again? That's going to be Eugene Pike. So Eugene Pike is the name that we're looking I've out for? That from that's... Star Trek, actually, because I'm a Star Trek fan. Uh-huh. So I've got the idea from Pike from Christopher Pike, yeah. and Eugene from Thomas Eugene Paris, which was in... in Voyager? With... In can start at boys here, yep. and I'll put the two names together. So excellent stuff. Well, Michael, lovely to meet you. Thanks thank for you. sharing a poem, and uh, we look forward to seeing more of your work later on this year. Okay, thank you. And do people do buy the books? It, it will be it to be a good to see what what people reaction will be. You'd love to hear the feedback. Yeah. Time for another tune from Ryan Evans now. Everybody loves the things you do From the way you talk To the way you move Everybody here is watching you Cause you feel like home You're like a dream come true But if by chance you're here alone Can I have a moment before I go? Cause I've been by myself all night long Hoping you're someone I used to know You look like a movie You sound like a song My God, this reminds me Of when we were young Let me photograph you in this light In case it is the last time that we might Be exactly like we were Before we realized We were sad of getting old It made us restless It was just like a movie It was just like a song I was so scared to face my fears Nobody told me That you'd be here And I swear you moved overseas That's what 
That's Ryan Evans, When We Were Young, here on The Milk Bar. Do check out the rest of his music. Fantastic performer, lovely fella, and well worth a listen. Enterprise Homes and The Good Shepherd are working together to help the homeless of the city of Wolverhampton. There are many other partners involved too. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Tom Hayden from The Good Shepherd and also Matt Lambert from the team at Enterprise Homes. Hello to you both. Morning. So, uh, first of all, Tom, tell us a a bit about the work that's going on here, because you've recently moved from your original site. Yeah, we recently moved. We've been based at Darlington Street Methodist Church since 2003. Mm -hmm. Um, Last year, for for various reasons, we were looking for new premises. Uh, This actually didn't come on the market, but we were shown this as a potential property. As I was walking around and saw the space... um, just noticed a, a perfect space potentially for Enterprise Homes Group to come and deliver the night shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, so we moved, oh God, it seems like about six months the <laughs> actual move's been going on. I think we started from about October last year. Yeah. Um, and we fully moved in here from about the 20th of January. Um, and we've got the official opening tomorrow. Um, so we're just doing our sort of media launch today. Yeah, and uh, I mean, this is still a work in progress. The room we're in at the moment is going to be repurposed uh, yeah. for some of these the projects that you'll work on with the the homeless in the city. And it's, it's amazing to see where you are now, probably for you, from where you began. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, the, the, the charity has, has kind of grown over the last couple of years. Um, we're probably best known for the food service. Mm-hmm. We've been delivering support services and various stuff for, for probably the last two years, but over the last 18 months that's really expanded. Mm-hmm. Um, so we needed a base for the to move the support and, and the stuff that we offered on that side. But then there's also rooms like this for music therapy, there's also rooms upstairs for counselling, so there's, there's loads of potential within this building. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the partnership with Enterprise Homes Group and inviting some of the other um, charities across the city to, to come and deliver stuff on site. Uh, and obviously that's a, a partnership you're really pleased about having but obviously you guys are working with the homeless of the city for a significant period as well now yeah and i think the the, the thing that's always excited us the most is that there's, there's real common ground um, around vision between the two organizations yeah we've got a vision to make homelessness history mm. to actually literally eradicate it from our city and we believe that in five years time or ten years time tops that that could be entirely possible mm. if we have a, a joined up approach that brings everything together that's needed between accommodation support and employment which mm. are kind of the, the three main pillars mm-hmm. around dealing with homelessness across our city yeah i mean for you guys the goal is to get people to, to use the facility and get out the other side of it and then find themselves back in uh the, the normal 
social chain of, of, of the UK. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, But sadly, there will still be people who drop into those circumstances as you go along. And again, if you guys can then you know, pick that up and you're not having so many people to deal with, it makes it easier to help. Mm. Oh, I think the idea literally in that sense is that um, we're starting out with a base for homelessness services. Mm. But over the course of the next five years, that transitions from homelessness services to housing and support services. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they're specifically there for homelessness. You have a system in place where people are falling through the cracks, are being picked up quickly, mm. turned around, supported in the way that they need to, almost kind of dusted off and gotten back on track. Mm. Yeah. Because it's the it's the long term effects of homelessness that are the, the hardest things to deal with. Yeah. The clients that we struggle with the most are the guys that have been out in the cold for seven, eight, nine, ten years. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can pick somebody up that's just literally um, lost their accommodation and find tailored ways to intervene and do stuff that will get them to where they want to get to, putting them at the centre, yeah. then that, that makes all the difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once you can get it to a short-term fix rather than the long-term uh, assistance, and that's going to help. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, health is a massive part of that, and you talk about the amount of time people are spending on the streets. Uh, I know here you're quite proud of the facilities that you've got that allow you to be able to deal with people's health issues. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and as Matt's saying, a lot of the services that we deliver now, we had over 700 people access to us in the last quarter, mm-hmm. probably... 30, 40 of those were current rough sleepers. Um, a big chunk of those were ex-rough sleepers. But a lot of that is around prevention stuff. If people are coming to us to access the food services, the health services, the agencies, we want to step in and intervene before it gets to them, mm-hmm. either back on the streets or falling into street homelessness. And uh, it could well be that the, a, a small number of visits here to help with food actually avoids them ending up back on the streets. Oh, yeah, definitely. Also, like we, you saw downstairs, we've got Wolverhampton Homes here doing homeless applications. Also with the Homeless Reduction Act, they're doing homeless prevention interventions mm-hmm. as well. If we get someone present to us that, that's... Um, potentially at risk of rough sleeping, we can access short-term funding for bed and breakfast while we get, look, can they be referred into Hope Into Action? Mm -hmm. Can they be referred into P3? Can they be referred for Wolverhampton Homes? Um, So, yeah, we do a a lot and a lot of prevention stuff. I think rough sleeping is the kind of tip of the iceberg and the visible part of homelessness, Mm -hmm. but homelessness is a a kind of massive issue. But like Matt said, that's about having the appropriate system in place Mm -hmm. and the appropriate pathway in place that when people fall into difficulty, we're there quickly with a a kind of tailored response. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt, at the moment, you've got uh, a accommodation for 20 to 30 people you can help get them off the streets immediately that is likely to expand when you've got everything here how you want it and the bus that you can take out as a shelter bus as well yeah and then we're, we're also developing our residential training program in trades and um, getting in place an employment agency that we're work piloting at the moment to try mm-hmm. and get people into employment because it, you know a lot of the the stuff that we talk about the mental health issues the addictions that kind of stuff the low-level side of it can be dealt with by just giving people a better alternative. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody gets up in the morning, comes out of the shelter, and they've got a choice between engaging meaningfully with services that really meet their needs or going out drinking, more often than not, actually, they'll choose to engage meaningfully. We have to give people that benefit of the doubt that if we have the right ecosystem and, and services in place, that they will actually find within themselves the motivation to engage. And pe- most people want a better life than what they've got right now. Mm. Often the negative stuff is a symptom of rather than the cause in some cases Absolutely. as well. So it is about making sure that that is an option, as you say, and you can make a difference and change it there. Now, obviously, people can financially support you guys and, and help this centre as well. Uh, you've got a number of volunteers. I know people can get in touch that way. So where, where do people go to if they do want to come to you to either offer goods, services or, or whatever help they can? Well, we've literally this week, alongside the new building, we're launching our new website. Um, so if people go online, search for Good Shepherd Wolverhampton, Good Shepherd Services, you'll, you'll see our Facebook, Twitter, but you'll see our, our brand brand new um, website, which is, uh, was designed and uh, is being managed by Jazz Creative over in Solly Hall, mm-hmm. who've actually done all of the web design and social media stuff for us for free, which is a fantastic way. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we're talking to businesses and agencies about is, Obviously, financial donations keep us going throughout the year. It means that we can provide flexible support. Food donations and toiletries, etc., through harvest and Christmas will literally keep us running for a, a whole calendar year. Um, but speaking to agencies, like, can you offer expertise, as Jask have done? Um, other businesses, as uh, Matt said, we're talking to them, can they offer employment opportunities? Can they offer volunteering opportunities for people? Um, so really, we, if people have got want to support homelessness, I want to support homelessness in different ways. If they reach out to us via the website, via our social media, um, we're open to discussions of, of how they can support. We're also really looking for private landlords at the minute through our um, RRP, private landlord scheme. Mm-hmm. 
So if anyone's got accommodation and uh, they're looking for suitable tenants, we can work alongside them and provide sort of supported assistance to, to identify tenants, support them to maintain the tenancy um, and, and almost manage the vacancies for them. But at the same time, they're giving someone an opportunity to, to move into accommodation who's been homeless. Mm -hmm. So uh, alongside financial donations, food donations, volunteering time, there's loads of different ways that people can support the, the Good Shepherd and mm -hmm. Enterprise Homes Group. Yeah, Matt and, and, and Enterprise got a presence online as well? Yeah, we've got a website. Um, we're always looking for people that can volunteer overnight in the shelter, mm -hmm. uh, people that have that kind of capacity to keep it going. We need three or four volunteers every night. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Tom was saying, there are other opportunities. We um, we run a construction company that is providing um, opportunities for people to get involved in being trained up in trades. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, if you have refurbishment, maintenance needs... We, we can even get involved in new build work and anything you need from a construction point of view we can deliver on. And then also businesses offering employment opportunities. Mm. The point of getting an employment agency off the ground is so that we can manage the risk that would be associated for an employer with employing somebody that might have some extra support needs. Mm -hmm. So we put everything in place to manage that risk on behalf of the employer and to facilitate the, the communication and the way that works. And it gives businesses the opportunity to get in on the ground of offering employment opportunities to disadvantaged people in a way that benefits the business and then can be promoted from their point of view around corporate social responsibility and, and I don't think anybody's doing anything like that at the moment mm -hmm. so you can work through from there so what's your web address is enterprisehomesgroup.org.uk simple as that well two organizations working alongside many others doing fantastic work for the homeless across the city tom and matt thank you for having a chat with us mm, thank, thank you. you jason time for one's final song now this time it's from the sums it's called here to stay
to sums and here to stay on the Milk Bar. Circus of Horrors is arriving at the Stafford Gatehouse on Wednesday the 4th of March and it will be an absolute treat in their 25th anniversary tour. Dr Hayes, the undead ringmaster, joins me on the line there to tell me more. Hello, sir. Hello there, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good stuff. And I mean, you and your team put on amazing shows each time you hit a venue. And 25 years, 25 different shows. I know, amazing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what you got coming yeah. up and what's in store for the people of Stafford? Well, this is a bit of a greatest hits one. Um, it's sort of entitled Sin City. It's based in this futuristic metropolis called Sin City. Um, and it's based in the year 2020 because when we started, in 1995, our very first show was called 2020, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's just coincidental that our our 25th anniversary has coincided with the year 2020 when we called the first show 2020. So we thought we'd make this a future, a retro futuristic metropolis with all these amazing acts on. So if you think about going to see a band with all their greatest hits, it's a similar scenario to that really we've got all these amazing acts that uh, some of them knew some that people haven't seen before uh, and a lot of the old fans favorites are back and uh, same with the music we've done the same thing with the music we're using some of the songs that we used on those very first shows back in 1995 at glastonbury festival yeah i mean this show is about everything it's not only about the performance on stage it's about the feel of the show the genre the, the whole musicality of it and the audience i mean people will travel from miles around to get to stafford for this one won't they yeah, they will. Yeah, it'll be. I'm, I'm sure it'll do very do very well. It normally does there, and it's. Um, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. It's always a great atmosphere there because it's a relatively small venue for us, um, and so when you in, in wherever you're sat, it's going to be like having a ringside seat. You're going to be really, really close in on the action. So, uh, so yeah, we always look forward to coming there. Always a great atmosphere. Uh, and what's your favourite bit of the show this time round, without giving too many spoilers Ooh. away? I don't know. I think all of it. All of it. <laughs> it is tricky to choose. I mean, I have seen your shows in the past, and uh, you have to be prepared to be shocked, but also enjoy the magic of that moment as well. It is about you know a gaping mouth, wide open, staring, not believing what you see on stage sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's basically... Um, it, it, we don't do it to shock, really. We do it to entertain. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we're shocking along the way is... Uh, is a bonus, if you like. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we make it very entertaining, but very funny as well. It's all done with a fork tongue firmly in each cheek. But they're just amazing. If you think there's only 80 sword swallowers in the whole world, and uh, uh, you'll see one in Stafford Gatehouse just a few feet in front of you, swallowing everything from the leg of a chair to a litany on tube to a curved cutlass with a 90 degrees curve on it. You know, it's quite amazing, really, all the different things that that he can do and then you'll see girls flying over the auditorium suspended only by the hair and another one suspended only by her teeth and then a, a guy a guy with no legs um he, he was born with severe uh, condition with and he had to have an operation of his legs removed when he was uh, a baby and he, he had um, an ambition he's russian and his parents took him to the moscow state circus in russia years and years ago and he really loved it and wanted to be a circus performer and he wasn't going to let the fact that he had no legs uh, prevent him from that and he's, he's just an absolutely unbelievable acrobat so you've got things like that and he teams up with the tanzanian acrobats which are world renowned they're always the best in the field so you've got this amazing acrobatic act with a mixture of moscow state circus people and tanzanian acrobats and uh, as i say one of the guys is even doing all this stuff with no legs so it's quite it's quite remarkable and there's just loads and loads of stuff like that it's non-stop it's it's relentless and it's about the, the skill, the effort, the training that goes into all of this. None of this is tried at home stuff, is it? No, it, it, you, you need to, you know, I mean, sword swallowing takes years and years and years to learn. And it's a, and it's not a very pleasant learning either. You're doing it, you know, you're making yourself sick and everything until, I mean, basically you've got a, a, a pipe running down from your mouth, down through your throat into your stomach. And if you hold your head back, it'll be a straight pipe. And that, that you, your, your sphincters in there open and close when you eat and drink all day. And you, as a baby, you learn that. And you've got to teach your, your insides, if you like, that this piece of cold metal is no more alien than, a, than food. And it takes a long time to get around that. That's why a lot of people start to sort of swallow and do it for a little while, then stop again because it's, it's unpleasant. And you have to do it all the time, really, to, to keep yourself um, in shape. 
but your audience will be completely in awe of all of your acts and uh, you know it's going to be that celebration and the the chance to see an amazing show and is am i right in thinking that there is a, a very special guest on the night in stafford yeah we've got um there's a young lady who came to see the show a big fan and she came to see the show when we were in um Stoke in Victoria Halls with a family. They all sat down in the front row and then they all said, oh, she'd love to be in the show and everything. <clears throat> and I said, okay, great. And didn't think any more of it. And then about two or three days later, uh, they got in touch with me and said, oh, could she do anything? Could she be the girl in the bottle for the day, the pickled person? So we said, well, yeah, why not? You'll have to come down and do a little bit of training with us. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're flexible enough and you're not too tall, you'll be able to do it. Uh, the girl we have done it now is quite tall, actually, but she obviously he's trained hard to do that but yeah. if you if you're a bit smaller and you're more flexible you can do it so yeah we've got a guest pickled person <laughs> it's going to be an interesting night for one and all yeah yeah uk is where you get your tickets 01785619080 is the box office number as you say it is wednesday the 4th of march it's eight o'clock tickets are priced at 20 through to 27 pounds and full details available online but one thing you can be certain of, it's an amazing night of entertainment and sights that you will just not be able to believe your eyes for. Am I right? Correct. Absolutely right, yeah. Well, Dr. Hayes, thank you for joining us. Have a great time continuing the tour on the road. We look forward to seeing you in our region on the 4th of March. OK, no problem. See you soon. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Back with episode 558 next week. I'll see you then. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar Goodbye from the milk bar Goodbye from the milk bar yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar yeah.